Hello and welcome to Community Connection. I'm Iowa City Mayor Bruce Teague. As COVID-19 numbers remain high, many city services and departments are being affected in order to prevent spreading the disease. Among those that have been impacted is the Iowa City Senior Center. While the center is normally bustling with activities and programs, the building has remained closed since March, and that won't change anytime soon. Joining me is Senior Center Coordinator Latasha Deloche to discuss alternative programming that has been offered during the pandemic. Welcome, so happy you're here with me today. So glad to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Yes. I'm looking forward to the conversation. So how surreal is it? We're in our fifth month of COVID. Did you anticipate? Oh my gosh, really? Yes. Did you anticipate that the senior center would be closed this long? You know, you know, I'm 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 new to the senior center. <laughs> We've had some very interesting uh, things have happened in my two years of being here, and one of them was not planned, which is this pandemic, and for it to be closed right now is surreal and. Um, we've had all types of different emotions. I've had staff that have been there for a couple decades and I've had folks who've been there very short, who've really, you know, got their things on their desk well <laughs> enough to know that all of a sudden we had these major changes. So it's been, it's been, I just would never have dreamed that we'd be in this spot, but nonetheless, here we are. From the get go, I know that the senior center and, and you and your staff started planning some programming even for August. How is that going? Can you tell us about uh, that, you know, some of your programming? My staff is really amazing. They have just been so resilient during this because we realize, so our vision statement for uh, the Senior Center is about uh, eliminating social isolation for people 50 and older in our area. And so we're really clear about the different ways and how we want to do that and so we jumped on it right away about like what are the ways that we can connect folks while we're away from the building um, people can't come in they can't sit around on couches and talk so um, we really started working really hard on fitness because that was a big thing that came up what we did was when, when we first went home um, to work from home is that we called all of our members so we have over 1700 members so we got volunteers and folks and we called everyone. And we started with the most high risk of social isolation um, down to those folks who lived with families and, and checked on folks, called folks, emailed folks, whatever we had to do to get into contact with everyone. Um, and we reached out to them. We partnered with the uh, University of Iowa College of Ed and their uh, mental health counseling um, program, rehab and counseling program uh, with Dr. Aaron Barnes and um, they created a coronavirus anxiety chat line for us. So, you know, I mean, we were able to get names and put it into a system and, you know, a counseling students able to call and talk to folks. So that was just kind of the jump start of kind of getting things going to make sure that we were connecting and talking um, uh, with, with uh, all of our members and also made it public so that if there were other folks who were not members, they also had access to that chat line. They also had access to programming. We dug right in and we started talking to the people who are already our volunteers for classes. And it took a little bit, right? We had to use a lot of support to get some folks were ready for internet. Um, some folks were ready for virtual program. Others were not. So we had to do some work around that and really dig in and, and find other options for folks or show people how to use Zoom, how to log in 
you know, all those different things. And at this point, at five months in, folks are pros. You know, we're finding things about them we didn't even know about um, and been able to do some really amazing things. So um, for August, uh, what we have done is instead of going from a uh, uh, kind of like trimesters, we've gone to monthly programming okay. because with COVID, so many things are unpredictable. So for the month of August, um, we have been doing book discussions. Last month, we uh, read uh, Robin D'Angelo's book on white fragility um, and had discussion around that, as well as we did some um, other kind of culture diversity discussion uh, groups. But for the month of August, we're doing, uh, we're reading um, Between the World and Me by Ta-Nehisi Coates. And so we'll have discussion on that. And so we've been working really hard, making sure our facilitation as well, and that people are able to really have some discussion by using Zoom, we're able to put people in small groups in the app um, and be able to have better discussion there and it's facilitated by staff. Um, and so those, that's just some of it. We've continued our, our Spanish conversations um, because we're able to do that. Um, we've connected for people to be able to do sing-alongs. Uh, they have to kind of sing along in their house because you know Zoom and different apps, they really don't allow for everyone to kind of sing together. Uh, we're still working on it. If there's an app out there, someone let me know about it. We, we definitely will look into it. Um, we're making sure that we're we're keeping people up to date about the building. Obviously, right now we're closed, and uh, we will be um, open when the time is right. Right, uh, we really are trying to be very protective of that space and protective of those who utilize that space. And so um, when the time is right, we definitely will have the doors open. We will have a, a Q&A session with Johnson County Public Health um, uh, Thursdays, um, two Thursdays in August to specifically talk about COVID updates, right? So what is it that people need to know about COVID-19? What are they missing? They can ask some questions for doing that. Um, we've been doing things like uh, show and tell. So we've brought back some things where people are in their home. So they're able to uh, show items that they have purchased or something that was near and dear to them. And they're able to show that on Zoom and hear the stories behind it, which has been very powerful. We have seen a lot of really amazing storytelling happening, um, which has allowed people to feel more connected socially. And they're actually getting to know people outside. Sometimes um, in, in any organization or in any group, people have clicks. But the beautiful thing about going virtual is that people are just showing up and they're able to connect. We've even seen people from outside of our state that hear about our classes and have been joining us as well and participating. Um, we have, you know, things all the way down to Garden Club where people are actually able to take their phones and go out to their yards and show people what they're growing. We never could have done that if we only stayed inside the building. So with some of those virtual options, we're definitely planning on continue to include them um, in the services that we provide once we're able to return back to the building for other services. So that's just a little bit, it's a tidbit, but uh, it's probably yeah. more answer than you asked for, but um, we're well, just you're really being, excited about the program. Well, you're being innovative and that's what- Yes, yeah. And, and I think that's something that's commendable for what you all are doing. The, the other thing that you talked about is isolation and how you all are reaching out to, did you say 1,700 something members? Yes. We've That's amazing. To members. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It took a while. It took a while and took some volunteers as well as staff um, constantly calling, calling back, leaving messages. Um, it, it was important to us um, to make sure that we knew that everyone was okay, that people had food, they, you know, if, if they were feeling afraid or if they were anxious, 
that we had someone to connect with them, that they can talk to. Um, that's important. That isolation piece we know with our population already existed before the pandemic. Um, so we were greatly concerned about what that looked like. And it's still an issue, right? It's still an issue. Um, so we've, we've done some things. We've reached out and we've sent puzzle books out in the mail as a thank you gift to all of our members with a message that they put the puzzle together as a message. Um, so we've done a lot of different things to kind of continue to reach out. Our, our phone number is still the same, so people call and we try to call people back and talk to folks and connect them. Our main number is 319-356-5220. So that's our main number and that we have someone answering that number from eight to five. And so folks can call and we can, you know, get the call where it needs to go. Um, but we, we really have been working really hard. We, we have a couple other things that we are, we're working on um, in, in regards to connection and having more of a phone pals and pen pals type of situation. We hope to get that up and coming with some of our volunteers. People are really interested. One of the biggest things that people saw us do this over the last couple of months was that we did a, a senior mask project where we created over um, 2,000 masks, wow. about 2,200 masks, and we were able to distribute a majority of those to seniors um, um, as well as, I mean, they, were, they weren't just our members. Uh, we sent them to other places that we found that organizations didn't have masks. Um, because it was from the community, they were making the mask and we, we were a part of the dropping off the materials as well as the pickup materials and getting things disseminated. So we did that in partnership with Trill of, of Johnson County. And so um, that was very, very successful. Uh, it was very successful. That, well, that thanks for doing that. Absolutely. It. Yeah, yeah. The other, so yeah. isolation, you're trying to mitigate it on some level because we know that isolation is uh, definitely a challenge. Um, for this time during the corona cr uh, crisis because a lot of individuals can't go and visit their families. Right. One of the other things that the senior center, um, that the center also offered was meals on site. Is mm -hmm. that no longer in operation? What does that look like now? Yeah, so for a long time we've had congregate meals um, uh, through Horizons. And so uh, what we did was for those folks who were consistent folks who always came, we uh, connected them with Meals on Wheels, which is also a program of Horizons. And what they did was they were able to um, provide frozen meals once a week. So what they've been doing is dropping off at the beginning of the week or whatever day it is, I can't remember the specific date, and they drop off food for the whole week so that those meals are still um, available. They're frozen. So you can just throw them in the microwave, oven, et cetera. And then those folks are still being able to get their meals um, so that they can be fed, right? Because that's what's most important. And, and um, we also are kind of keeping our ears open if there are other needs. Um, there are other organizations that are able to help deliver. Um, there's some pantries that are able to, to deliver some, some items. And so um, we definitely was really concerned about people having their nutrition met. Um, but because, you know, we have the pantry and different things at the senior center that was helping take care of that. And so since we, you know, didn't want to do the access to the building because it was a little bit too difficult to manage, we wanted to make sure that those folks had what they needed. So there's ways that the community can volunteer with the distribution of meals. So if anyone is out there and they want to be a part of that, give a call to the, uh, to the center. Yeah. What or are other horizons? Either either one, either one of yeah. us will get you where you need to go. What are some other needs that you're hearing? Because is I was happy to hear about some of the virtual programming. 
even being able to see people gardens and stuff like that. And potentially there's not only people that are members of the center, but also, as you stated, people that are not a part of the center kind of joining in on some of those virtual meetings. What other needs are you hearing from, uh, you know, your members and even people in the community? Well, I think from a needs perspective, um, people have kind of settled in a little bit more on we're going to be here for a while. I think for a long time initially it was like, okay, this will be over in a week. Okay, this will be over in two weeks. Okay, this will be over in a month. And I think now we're five months in, people are like, okay, this is a lifestyle change. <laughs> I've gone past my 21 days to have a new habit. And um, they have settled in and, and really are finding ways around it. You know, okay, I can, I, these are the things I can do. I can go for a walk. I can talk to my neighbor if I'm, um, you know, on a sidewalk and they're on their porch. People are finding ways to adjust. I think that's probably one of the most um, important things. But as for needs, I think, you know, people sometimes forget about folks that they use to see all the time because they see them all the time. If you know a neighbor is an older adult, call them. Um, ring their doorbell, step back, have your mask on, step off the porch or whatever, check on them. Um, you know, we have been hearing of some things where people fall and people don't know that they're there because they used to have more people visit them, you know. So I think checking on checking on your um, older adult neighbors, um, you know, calling folks and just seeing how they're doing and get past that, the Iowa nice of, oh, I'm doing fine, I'm doing great. And, you know, really kind of dig into that conversation. What does fine mean? What is it that you need? Because when you ask that question, people really don't know that answer in that moment because it's, it's because we've come in life to just come up with an answer. Oh, I don't need anything. I'm fine. It's an Iowa way. I'm good. When there might be actual needs, like, you know, and so dig in, be specific. Do you need food? Do you need toilet item, toiletries, um, et cetera? I think uh, reaching into your humanity in a deeper level to ask those questions, I think, is a need right now. People are seeming to have a lot of their needs met, at least from what we're hearing, but it is that social isolation piece that we're seeing the highest number of. Uh, people are afraid for good reason. I wanna, um, but, you know, that's just that's just one of the biggest things that I'm concerned about is that isolation right now. I wanna echo what you just mentioned, just giving a call to older adults and just saying, hey, uh, check in with them, seeing what you can do. I've been doing that myself with some older individuals that I've had long lasting relationships with. And you'll be amazed at how that conversation really does develop into figuring out what small solutions you can help them figure out. And so I would encourage anybody out there to really take that challenge that you just um, offered and, and call older adults in our community. Now, I know that the center has been, you, you read White Fragility. Mm -hmm. which is a, I haven't actually read it. I It's on back order, as we all know. Um, although it's at the library, if you want to check it out. Um, mm -hmm. But in light of Black Lives Matter, I know that all the city uh, departments are looking at self-assessment of how yep. they can certainly, within their department, kind of do a self-assessment and figure out what changes can be made to ensure that your department is really finding ways to be inclusive of everyone. Can you talk about what you all have done so far at the center? Here's the thing. <laughs> um, 
given my uh, background, those were things I had already started implementing well before any of the things that have happened in, in recent history. And so um, whether that was having displays from African American Museum in our lobby where folks could experience that or having uh, the, the folks who um, edited and, and wrote the book on African American history come and do a large presentation of over 100 people to talk about that. So those are things we had already been doing. Our book discussions um, that we're having now um, are reflective of that. Um, talking about Between the World and Me in August on the 24th is reflective of that. Um, not only that, but also with my staff, I'm going to do a training myself um, because I have extensive background as a, a trainer, um, specifically to have more conversations about this um, in, in an in-depth way to make sure that as staff, when we're looking at our budget, when we're looking at the programming that we're offering, are we making sure that we're being inclusive um, and that people, uh, regardless of what our numbers are of population that we're currently serving, those folks need to know this information just as much as those folks that we feel like, you know, should look like in our, in our building. Um, they need that information as well. And so we're definitely gonna keep moving along in that direction. That was the direction we were going anyways. Um, I believe in racial equity to a T. And so we're looking at it across all of all of the things that we offer from operations to programming. And so we'll continue to do that, uh, you know, outside of just race, but across different um, demographics. But um, I definitely have keyed into that. My staff is is on board. Um, so there's, you know, there's no no trouble there. And um, we're we're working through it. We're reading ourselves. They have taken upon themselves to read other books and we've discussed that at staff meetings. And so and we'll continue to do that because we find it valuable and important. Well, I have to say, I want to really send a shout out to you and say thanks for your leadership at the center. Uh, you bring this freshness that I've just enjoyed witnessing. Um, and I've talked to many of the members of the center and they feel the same way that I do. And actually a lot of them have, have expressed their sincere appreciation for your leadership. I look forward to more things, more great things coming from the center. So thank you for that. Thanks to the center and all of your staff for all that they're doing. Thanks for all the members and their involvement even during the pandemic. Uh, we we um, really do send out our um, love to all of them. Is there anything in closing that you wanna say? I really want to thank the community, especially during that mass project. We had over 150 new donors um, who contributed to that project and it came from our community caring about older adults. And it really um, spoke to the love that we have in our community, the love folks have for the center, whether they felt connected because their parents had used the center or that they just knew about the center or they just cared in general about the topic that we were working on. So very appreciative to live in a, a community, appreciative to live in a community that is caring for older adults because we're all interconnected and uh, we need those folks as much as we need our, our children, as much as we need middle-aged um, folks or teens, et cetera. So it really was um, a, a really warm spot in the middle of a, a dark spot in history uh, to see our community come through and support. And we're looking forward for them to find other ways to, to connect with us, to support, reach out to us. Sometimes we have things that we can utilize help right away and other things there's other times there's things where we just kind of put you on a list and as things come up with the interest that you're interested in, we're able to 
connect you to those things. And things are a little tricky in this moment, just given that, you know, you can't come to the building and help us distribute something or put on a program, but there may be um, programs or topics that you're an expert in that we would love to have you come and teach a class on that virtually. Um, so those are, that's just, a, just wanted to put that out there to the community. There, there are gifts that you may have. It may be playing a violin and we can set up a session and, and that people can listen in. Awesome. I would love to do like a, a center of jazz or blues radio uh, streaming or something that people can tune in. Um, so, you know, if people are musicians or something, you know, reach out to us. We would love to connect you to some folks who are eager to hear from you and connect with you. All right, you said it. You're going to get some calls of some musicians. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> well, thanks. We love it. Yes, well, thank you. You're awesome and amazing, and I really appreciate you being here with me today. Thank you so much, again, for the invitation and for this wonderful conversation. Great. You take care. That's our show for today. Follow along with other city service changes related to COVID-19 on our website, icgov.org slash coronavirus. We'll be back next week with more episodes of Community Connection. Until then, remember to wear your mask, practice good hygiene, and social distance from others. We're all in this together, Iowa City.